for joining us on live stream. I've had two announcements to make at the start of this service. The first is that our charity of the month, uh, this month, is supporting Rosie Crowther as she's a missionary in Papua New Guinea. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the work that Rosie does, but there's um, some information in the foyer for those of you who, who don't know. And I know that she would very much value our prayers as it's a very challenging situation in that country. And the church in particular, and in particular the men in the church, need reviving so that God's work um, goes into that country. The second announcement is that it's our Thanksgiving Sunday and we thought we'd do something a little different in our prayer time. So later in the service, I'm going to be inviting you all to join in the time of thanksgiving, not all together at once, but with one-sentence prayers for things that you are thankful for. Uh, I'm sorry if that doesn't carry through for those of you who are on live stream, but I'm sure you will have things that you can join in thanking God for when we get to that time in our service. But as we come to worship God, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you tell us to come to you as Father in heaven. Oh Lord, we thank you that we have access to the throne of the King. Oh Lord, we thank you that you promise that where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are here in the middle of us. And Lord, we pray that that will be something that we know that as we meet with you, you will change us. Oh Lord, you know that many of us come with cares and concerns. And Lord, you know that sometimes those cares and concerns stop us from hearing your voice. So we ask, Lord, that you will now help us to leave our cares with you because you tell us to cast our cares on you because you care for us. And Lord, we pray that you'll give us ears to hear your voice and hearts that want to worship you. So be with us now, we pray. Amen. As I look out on, on, on you here, I see so many talented people. So many people with so many gifts that God's given us. And as, as we look at our situation, aren't we living in a very good time where we have more than our grandparents, where the advances in health mean that most of us will expect to live longer than our grandparents. Food is rarely a problem for us. Isn't God good to us? So let's join in praising the good God that we have in our first song, O God Beyond All Praising. And Lord, let's try and make sure that the worship we sing comes from our hearts because God has given us so many good things. So let's join and worship.
Now, I, I'm not sure. Are we okay to have the Bible up on screen? Great. So we're going to be reading from God's Word in Colossians. Uh, the first reading is going to be from chapter 1. And then we've got two shorter readings from chapters 3 and chapter 4. On our Thanksgiving's theme, you will find that uh, Thanksgiving is mentioned in in all of these passages. And uh, I hope it, uh, it stirs us as we read what God wrote through Paul to these Christians uh, many years ago. So I'm reading from Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing as it does among you. Since the day you heard it, and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and has made made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Then our second reading is in chapter 3 and we're starting at verse 12 and going through to verse 17. So Paul instructs the believers to put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Then finally, in chapter 4. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison. That I make it, may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Make the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how, to, how, to, how you ought to answer each person. That's what God's word has to say to us. Last weekend, uh, Keith and Florrie celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And uh, as they, they celebrated that, we asked them to choose a hymn. And the, the hymn they've chosen for us really fits well with the theme that we have today. Through all the changing scenes of life, in trouble and in joy, the praises of my God shall still my heart and tongue employ. So let's join in singing together.
So it will be uh, good for us to join in prayer, in thanksgiving. It will be lovely if as many as possible uh, could join with a short prayer of thanksgiving for something that God has done for you. As I said at the beginning, but I understand may not have got through, if you're on live stream, we're, we're sorry if you won't be able to, able to hear, but I'm sure that there will be things that you're wanting to thank the Lord for yourself. Uh, and I would say, if you are praying, it would be lovely if you could speak up for those who are hard of hearing. So please, let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the harvest and we thank you for the many, many blessings that we have um, in, in the food supply year by year. But we thank you especially that you keep your promises and that we can rely on them. All the promises in your word, you are so faithful. Amen. Thank you that we are able to join together in praising you for your goodness to us. We thank you that we have found you to be a God who is good, a God who keeps his promise, who is full of loving kindness. And Lord, as we come to you, we know that you are the king. We know that the future is secure. We know that one day everything will be glorious. And we pray, Lord, that you will help our thankfulness to flow through. Help our thankfulness not just to be now, but to flow through into Monday and Tuesday and next week and next month because you have loved us with an amazing love. Amen. So as uh, we come to sing again, it's great to be reminded of how reliable our God is as we join in singing, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. And after that, that's from the Bible.
So we have a, a short Bible phrase um, to hang this evening's message on and uh, to end this Thanksgiving Sunday with. And the phrase is simply, and be thankful. And be thankful. It's from Colossians 3 and verse 15. We're going to be in Colossians uh, for most of this evening, so it be good to have that open or on your app, or however you work things, and be thankful is the peg that we're hanging uh, this evening's message on. I expect you can guess what sort of place I was asked this question, uh, or I asked this question, can I have £30 or fill up? Can I have £30 or fill up? And I was pleased to have the answer that uh, you can fill up as I was uh, on the queue, quite near the front of the queue. I only had about three or four cars in front of me on Croft Road as I queued for petrol this week. And I was pleased at the answer because I wanted to be full. I was going to a funeral the next day in the Brighton area. Uh, We've got a Reading trip coming up, God willing, on Saturday. So it felt good to be full. I was pleased to have a full tank. This phrase wants us to be full. It wants us to be full of thanks and be thankful. And be thankful. And maybe you are thankful. Maybe you want to be thankful, do you? It's a good position to be in, to be full up with thanks. Not a £30 thanks, not a half tank thanks, but full of Thanks, and that's what we're encouraged to do this evening. And be thankful. It's a good phrase, a good phrase to remind us of this. Well, Paul Tripp uh, has written what he called a, a Thanksgiving assessment. And in it he asks some questions. I'll read out just some of those questions which help us to think about this theme. One. Would the people who live nearest to you characterise you as a complaining person or a thankful person? Complaining person or a thankful person? Two. When was the last time you sat down to literally count your blessings? I said I wasn't going to read all of them. When you look at your world, do you find yourself celebrating God's common grace? Seven. Do you view yourself as one who has been unfairly showered with blessings? Unfairly showered with blessings. They're good questions, aren't they? This phrase, and be thankful, is uh, squeezed in, it it almost seems, at the end of uh, chapter 3 and verse 15 in Colossians. And be thankful. But it's not squeezed in, if you like, as an afterthought, but rather it's squeezed in as another opportunity to bring before the Colossian believers something that Paul was really keen that they grasp, thankfulness. And so he inserts again, and be thankful. 
In fact, it comes up in the, the next two verses as well. You'll see it in verse 16 of chapter 3. Thankfulness. Verse 17 of chapter 3. Giving thanks. In fact, it comes up seven times in this letter to the Colossian believers. There's just four chapters, so it's a miles higher proportion of concentrating on thankfulness in this letter than any other letter, any other book in the Bible. Much more. The, the next I can find is a, a one-to-one ratio for those of you who are into such things. So this is a keynote that he wants them to to appreciate thankfulness. I think there is a reason why it is in Colossians and that will come out a little bit as we go on. Now some of you read the book, studied the book by Peter Maiden, Radical Gratitude. Maybe today, maybe this evening we'll bring back to you some of the things that you were looking at and thinking about from that book. So we're going to be looking at this theme of thankfulness in Colossians And uh, I hope by looking at the verses, they'll answer some of our questions which we might have on the quest for a thankful spirit, for uh, a heart that is thankful, for a thankful heart of thankfulness. Well, let's think first about what it says about to who, or for those whose English is better than mine, it's probably to whom. To who? And he starts with this at the outset of the letter. And it may seem obvious. And they often started letters with thanksgivings, or Paul certainly does. And so in chapter 1, verse 3, you start, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You sense... You experience to whom as well in uh, some of the other verses we've touched on. 3 verse 16. Thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17. Giving thanks to God. Uh, Well I was at a funeral this week. The funeral of my aunt, my mum's sister. It was at a crematorium in Brighton. Um, It was not a Christian funeral. It was led by a, a celebrant. And uh, she spoke sincerely and with kindness and with respect and tenderness. Um, so I wouldn't want to be uh, unkind in the way in which I knock the service. And it was interesting that uh, several times in the service though, even though it was not a Christian service, which sadly did not acknowledge God in any way, several times she mentioned being thankful she mentioned being thankful. Thankful for the life of. Thankful for this aspect. And I was thinking to myself, well, if, if you and others here think there is no God in the picture, then who are you thanking? When we say we should be thankful for, and I'm thankful for, who are you thanking? you have somebody to thank? It's sad if there's no direction in your thanksgiving, if it's an empty feeling. Does the very desire make you 
think about who to thank. There was somebody overhearing a, a conversation on the next balcony and the dinner party or wherever they were were, were talking away. They got onto the subject of religion and uh, uh, of, of suffering and meditation and, and all these sorts of things. And uh, one of the ladies was being quite uh, dismissive of the whole thing of religion and another lady said in response, yeah, well, I think there might be something in it. I like the idea of being grateful to someone for the good things in my life. And it led to a hush for what seemed a long period in a busy conversation. As people thought, well, who, who are they thanking? in their lives for the gifts that they have. Well, Paul had direction. He, he knew who he was thanking. I hope we know who we are thanking. We are thanking God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Days like today are deliberate and purposeful and focused. We know who we thank. We thank the God who is kind. We thank the God who is generous. We thank the God who is compassionate. We thank the God who is good. We thank the God who is gracious. We thank the God who is faithful. We thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it a privilege to know him and to together direct our thanksgivings to him? To who? When, when, when do we give thanks? Well, Paul says in verse 3 of chapter 1, we always thank God. We always thank God. So he thanked God with regularity, with, with constancy, frequently. In his outlook and in his prayers, it was something that he kept doing. In some ways, that might seem all the more amazing when, he, when you realise he is in prison as he writes this letter. Yet in the confinements and difficulties of his situation, yet he always is giving thanks in his prayers. Your situation may be pretty grim. It may be very hard for you at the minute. The Lord is still worthy of thanks. There is still much to give thanks for. It may, be, may have been one of those weeks, uh, one of those months, or as the Queen put it, uh, it may be an annus horribilis, uh, a hard year, a horrible year, as she said at the end of 1992. It may have been a bad year. And yet there are still many things for you to give thanks for or for me to give thanks for. Someone said if your head is drooping and looking down, then at least give thanks for, your, for the feet that you're standing on or the ground beneath you or the room that you're in. And spiritually give thanks for the ground that is beneath you, spiritually and which is so solid. We go through many difficult times and some go through especially difficult times. But there is still room for thanksgiving. There are still things to be thankful for. Elsewhere in the New Testament it says, in everything give thanks 
for this is the will of God concerning you. It may not be so exuberant in the difficulties. In some ways it may feel harder. But God is still worthy of thanksgiving in all circumstances. Even in the darkness of one of the darkest books of the Bible, Lamentations. You have a recognition that God's mercies are new every morning. Give thanks to who? Give thanks when? Give thanks for what? Give thanks for what? Well, there are many reasons to give thanks. And we've already had many reasons, haven't we? Nicely voiced out this evening as we've had our time of thanksgiving together. There are many everyday gifts that it is good for us to be grateful for. But within the letter of the Colossians there are particularly two things which he mentions. There could be many more. One of the things he mentions to give thanks for is the Christians around us. The Christians around us. We're still in verse 3 of chapter 1 here. We always, that's what this is about, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So he thanks God for them regularly. He's never actually seen them, but he's been concerned for them, he's prayed for them, they've come to faith, they have love for one another, they have hope in front of them, and he's stirred by this to regularly give thanks for them. To give thanks for God's work in the life of others. What is one of the highlights in our church life? One of the highlights? Testimony evenings. We just love, don't we? And we love as a church to hear what God has taught others. Different ways some quiet over a long time, uh, some more dramatic sometimes, but coming to know the gospel in their hearts and we, we love to hear testimonies. We love to hear of God's work in others, God making other Christians, the, the faith, the hope, the love in others. Are you glad that you haven't come here on your own this evening? It would be a strange experience come to a service totally on your own. But there are others here who love the Lord Jesus Christ who have come wanting to praise God and that is a blessing, isn't it? We can thank God for the privilege of coming with others. Some of you yesterday had the encouragement of having over 200 others with you at the the women's convention. Are you thankful for that privilege of knowing others around the county who wanted to hear God's word and praise God with you? We can praise God for his work in others, for other Christians. But the other thing particularly that he, if you like, labels as a reason for thanksgiving in this letter to the Colossians is the change God has made for us. The change God has made for us. So midway through uh, chapter 1, Paul writes down what he is praying for them. And there's a number of really good things that he prays for them. In fact, I find this prayer a really helpful sort of framework to pray sometimes. 
But one of the things that he especially focuses on in verse 12 is that they may be thankful. He prays for them to be thankful. Verse 12. That they may be giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He wants them to do it with joy. If we, if we tread back a little bit into verse 11, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance in light. What is this for then? He wants them to give thanks that God has qualified them. That God has qualified them to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. When you are become qualified, you become entitled to things, don't you? So you, you, you've qualified, you, you pass your driving test, you're qualified, you can go in the car on your own, start going places. Uh, you get your qualification in the profession, you can start to practice. You're entitled uh, to, to practice. Uh, maybe you, you're qualified, you're entitled to the rise. That's part of the conditions of service. You get the professional qualification. Maybe your salary goes up. And what about us? God has qualified believers to have an inheritance. To have an inheritance. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, so that we have a future, a wonderful future, a future with God, a future free from sin and pain and difficulties and death. It described us with the, with the saints in light. We, the, the nights are starting to get darker. Uh, perhaps that feels more miserable. You, start, you have to pull the curtains before tea time now perhaps. Dim and dark. Ah, but the future for Christians is an inheritance with the saints in light where the glory of God shines in brilliance. You're qualified, not because of your own goodness, but God has qualified you by the work of Christ on the cross, paying for your sins, by the work of the Spirit in your heart, making you alive, bringing you to trust in Christ. You are qualified. You've changed kingdom. It carries on, verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Not in darkness, but now in the kingdom of light. A change of leader, not the devil, but God's beloved Son. Sometimes we like to know who the leader is or the new leader is going to be. If you're in a reorganisation at work, you think, well, whose team am I going to be? Who's going to be my manager? Or if you're at school and there's a bit of a, a change around, or you go up a year, or you start to take a new subject, you think, well, who's going, to be, who's going to be my teacher? Whose class am I going to be in? And it matters a bit to you sometimes, if there's differences between the teachers, which class you're going to be. Who's going to be your leader? Well, the Bible tells us that we have been placed under the leadership of King Jesus if we're believers. It's a good place to be. It's a safe place to be. 
It's a place of his grace. It's a place of hope. It's a place of joy. It's a place of peace. It's a place of love. You've been placed in that area rather than serving Satan, which was your previous history according to the Bible. That change has happened. And what is one of the benefits? I don't know what what the benefits are of being in, say, Mr Smith's class rather than Mr Brown's class. It may be that Mr Smith's lessons are fun. It may be that Mr Smith lets you home early. Maybe he lets you sit next to who you want to. It's all right being in Mr Smith's class. What about being in the kingdom of Jesus? Well, we have a bit more in verse 14. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is the blessing and benefit of being moved into the kingdom of Jesus. And as you think of being qualified, changing kingdoms, having forgiveness, you want to give thanks? Give thanks for the Christians around us. Give thanks for the change God has made for us. Well, let's think about another question. How much should we give thanks? How much? He wants them to carry on as they have started. Maybe you go to Rooted. Well, one of the, one of the Bible verses that the name Rooted come from, comes from is in Colossians. It's in Colossians 2 and verse 6. And he, he tells them about this as he talks about thanksgiving, how he wants them to carry on. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So he wants them to go forward, wants them to stay strong in Christ, to keep clinging to Christ, to be trusting in Christ, and as they go forward in that way, he wants them to be abounding in thanksgiving. He wants their tank to be full with thanksgiving. Abounding. Overflowing. Can't be contained. Too much. You think of the chocolate fountain and it goes from one tier to the next and then another tier and the, the, and the little containers can't cope with the chocolate so it's flowing over. An overflow of thankfulness as one song puts it. God is worthy of an overflow of thankfulness. A generous God warrants generous thanksgiving. It's very fitting. God's amazing grace his overflowing love, his abundant kindness. It's right that we respond with a sense of abundance and plenty in our thanksgiving. And when you're full of thanksgiving, there's not much room for other things. And I think this is part of the key as to why he emphasises it so much in Colossians. The Colossians were tempted, it seems, we can't work out every detail of it, but it seems as though they were tempted to go after other things other than the gospel, other than Jesus. 
They were being tempted away by some fullness teaching that if you know that and if you know this and things will be much better. And they were starting to look down more on what they had heard, the gospel, and what they had heard about Jesus. And Paul knows that part of the secret of them not going after that stuff is to realise how much they have in Christ and the Gospel and if they have a heart that is full of thankfulness, they won't look elsewhere. Because it's a bit like that in a marriage. If you are taken up with your husband or your wife, if they're your delight, if you appreciate them, then there's not much likelihood of you heading off elsewhere, looking elsewhere. You feel so thankful, so full of what you do have. You don't need to look over the field, over the fence or anything else. And in terms of their valuing the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a bit abounding in thankfulness. You should be. And if you're abounding with thankfulness, you won't start drifting away. You won't start hunting for something else which is going to damage you. You won't be led astray. So... How much abounding, and it will have a a keeping effect in your life. He says elsewhere in Corinthians, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 15, at the end of his discussion of giving, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. True, isn't it? Bounding in thanksgiving, taken up with Christ, a great keeping effect for us in our Christian lives in going forward. Well then, lastly, but to which there is more than one answer, we could say, in what places or where? In what places? Where should there be thanksgiving? What places of our lives should there be thanksgiving? We're more into chapter 3 now, the verses that we read there. And one answer would be in singing. In singing. Chapter 3 and verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Well, it's been good, hasn't it, again to be uniting in, uh, in our voices with uh, praise, uh, with songs, And as we do so, there will be a number of notes that are struck in the content of what we sing as we seek to sing biblical truth. But one of those notes will be thanksgiving. It occurs in our singing, has done today, does do at other times. It's in the Bible songs. Psalm 105, it's long, just give you the first verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Psalm 106 is long. I'll give you the first verse. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 107 is long. I'll just give you the first verse. O give thanks to the Lord, 
for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, where should there be thanksgiving? In our singing. Where else should there be thanksgiving? In our hearts. In our hearts. It carries on in verse 16 of chapter 3. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's in our voices. It's on the words. In our hearts. That's where we want it to be. That's where it needs to be. In our hearts. True Christianity is a heartfelt religion, isn't it? Just, not just not liturgy, not just words, not just parrot fashion. It's in our hearts. God has been kind to us in Christ. Our hearts are stirred. We may not have the best voice in the place, but our heart means what we say, what we sing. God is worthy of thanksgiving. It's in our hearts. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Psalm 103. Where? In singing, in our hearts, in everything. In everything. Verse 17 and chapter 3 still. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, we may give thanks when we eat. I don't know whether that's your custom and practice to give thanks when you eat. It's a good custom and practice as as biblical references for that. We should be thankful for our food. So it wants to be real and genuine. Again, not just parrot fashion. It's good to give thanks when we eat. But it's not just a case of we give thanks when we have meals because that's what Christians do. Give thanks in your work. Give thanks as you go out. Give thanks as you see friends. Give thanks as you go to sleep. Give thanks as you go on holiday. Give thanks as you go shopping. Whatever you do. Whatever you do, word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I thought about this as I opened the dishwasher yesterday. I don't particularly enjoy unloading the dishwasher. Maybe it's a delight for you. I don't mind the plates too much. You can get lots of them and away. It feels as though you're doing something. But the cups, when you sort of use the tea towel to get all the little puddles done and then it takes a while in our house anyway, get the cups in the right cupboard. uh, But I opened the dishwasher to unload it and I thought of this theme and be thankful in everything, give thanks, whatever you do. And I thought of all the things in the dishwasher that we've been given, that we have, that we use. And I, I thought of the time it saved to have the dishwasher, all the washing up that that would be. And I thought of all the food and the drink that we'd had off those plates and dishes. And, and I thought of the friends that we'd had around sharing a meal with us and what a nice experience that had been. I can't say it makes me look forward to unloading the dishwasher particularly, but it certainly helped. 
In everything, give thanks. Whatever you do, room for thanksgiving because of the kindness of God. In singing, in our hearts, in everything. There's some everyday things that you started to give thanks in doing. See it differently now. Have that sense of God showering you unfairly with kindness. Amazed of his common grace in everything. In prayer, thanksgiving is not confined to, to songs or church gatherings. It's something that should feature in our prayer life. Even when we're thinking of other things, in chapter 4, the prayer life that he's encouraging is moving on to the spread of the gospel, to evangelism, to outreach. But as he moves there in chapter 4 and verse 2, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. When we pray, it's often quite helpful before we do the asking to try and think of thanking in relation to that subject or that person or whatever you're going through. It's often a good thing to proceed the, the petition with thanksgiving. I think that's partly pointed to, isn't it, in Philippians 4 and verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In singing in our hearts, in everything, in prayer, I think we could probably add in communion, but I'm going to save that line of thought until Thursday. So, and be thankful and be seek to have a, a thankful and be thankful uh, George Herbert I don't know much about him just know one of a couple of lines of his poem he lived in the early 1600s but this was quite good wasn't it thou that hast given so much to me give one more thing a grateful heart. Thou or you who has given so much to me, give one thing more, a grateful heart and be thankful. Amen. Well, we can combine several of these things in our last song. Um, both those preparing this morning's service and me ended up on the, la- on the same last hymn, uh, but I decided to keep it for this evening because I think it brings together so much of the things that we've looked at. My heart is filled with thankfulness to him who bore my pain, who plum- plumbed the depths of my disgrace and gave me life again. And I love the way it ends. So if we could jump to the third one. I love the way it ends with a very sort of a lived out thankfulness halfway through. For every day I have on earth is given by the King 
so I will give my life, my all, to love and follow him. Let's sing our last song. we know that it is a, a bad condition of a heart to not be thankful. Descriptive of so much of society according to Romans 1 and neither were they thankful. We're sorry where we followed that pattern and we've been uh, too full of expectation of what should be laid on for us and we've not been amazed at your grace and kindness in our direction. But we are thankful, and we've expressed that today. Thankful for the things of this life, thankful for the things that are everlasting, thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and all that comes with him. And we pray that we may grow in a heart of thankfulness, spilling over into our worship, into our prayers, and into our everyday living and that it may be to your glory and honour as a kind and generous and faithful God. We pray this through Jesus. Amen.